Multiculturalism is hate. Diversity is hate. Tolerance is hate. And who's the object of that hate? We are. The boundaries have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio. Every time I turn on my TV, I see niggers, niggers, niggers. Every time I watch a Hollywood movie, niggers, niggers, niggers. They're only 12% of the population, but you think they were 99. I got niggers, niggers, niggers on my mind. Every damn TV commercial that you see, they're telling some stupid white person what to buy. Even though their IQ tests are always lower than the average white, they always seem to think he's smarter on TV, unlike in real life. I got niggers, niggers, niggers on my mind. Well, them Hollywood Jews always pushing race mixing with them. In the future there won't be no white race at all Just niggers, niggers, niggers Types, only 12% of the population But you think they were 99 I got niggers, niggers, niggers on my mind Now who's responsible for most of the crime? Niggers, niggers, most of the prison time Niggers, niggers, niggers Hollywood always has them saving the world But they're destroying it more like it Niggers, niggers, niggers on my mind All the time I got niggers, 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 niggers on my mind Welcome to Goy Farm. We have two special panelists this evening, along with Craig Chain Cobb. The one is Peter Schenk. You know him from ShankRadio.com. He is here this evening. And Byron Jost of Line in the Sand fame. So, uh, with no further ado, here are our topics. Uh, we have a Nig serial killer, a new one, not related to the other two we discussed in the previous two weeks. America kills more Iraqis than Saddam. Man sentenced three years for racist comments. U.S. ready to take in 60,000 Bhutanese refugees living in Nepal. Yids build hollow hoax temple in Nebraska. Mud Donna adopts a chimp. Joan Rivers, Mel Should Die. New anti-white flick, Catch a Fire. Fontana High School erupts in a riot, a race riot to be more exact. And we have also a Jewish Adam Mansbach uh, intellectualizing whites in the qua. So returning to our top story tonight, Serial Killer has been found, a serial killer and a Negro by the name of Billford Dwight Junius in Houston kills six and counting. Serial killer could be connected to numerous sexual assaults and the slayings of six women whose nude or partially clothed bodies were discovered hidden in wooded areas. 
surviving victims and witnesses have told police that the man believed to be in his late 20s or 30s with closely cropped or shaped dark hair may have tattoos or scales of a zodiac sign and old English lettering on his back or shoulders. He may recently have served time in prison perhaps for sexual assault. Chain, you've been following this story quite closely. Yeah, <clears throat> technically uh, this Negro hasn't been charged with the murders yet, although all these serial murders and rape occurred in the local district of Houston called Acres Home, Homes area. Who can believe that there was simultaneously a uh, serial rapist and a serial killer who were unassociated or unrelated? And some of the surviving victims, I believe at least two, have identified by uh, the tattoos and, and the uh, description, have, have identified Junius essentially as, as the uh, killer. And then there's, these were two women who had survived uh, attempted murders or, or rapes. As you pointed out, we've had a, essentially a serial killer or serial rapist or serial, serial killer, I should say, per week on Goy Fire. And this puts the lie to the NAACP a memorandum of some years ago, which has been propagated upon whites, that whites are the primary serial killers, not only in the United States, but worldwide. Uh, we're the big boogeyman of the whole planet. And this is total nonsense. First of all, whites are an extreme minority on the planet, uh, around 8%, certainly no more than 10%. So the, the, the mere pretension or, or foisting off of, of the canard or the lie that we are uh, the planet's serial killers uh, extraordinary is just nonsense. Anyway, it's another nigger serial killer and another reason why white women should be very frightened of them besides the fact that they can catch AIDS from them what, about 17 times more likely as they would than from a white man. So here he was uh, with, a, uh, oh yeah, his Superman sticker, I forgot to mention that. Superman sticker on his vehicle, I think that's kind of a, a macabrely funny. To expand on what uh, Chain said about Kennard, that, that only whites are serial killers, um, I think that really got blown to pieces a few years ago with the uh, D.C. snipers, the uh, two blacks that were going around shooting whites in Washington, D.C., and as soon as they found out that the, uh, that the killers were, were black instead of white, all of a sudden, it just it just disappeared from national news coverage. Yeah, it's almost as if the media can give it can imbue a case with much more significance than than other cases. And in this case, we have six women being killed. But if the media makes, let's say, a a, a made-for-TV movie or or several, and it's always, let's say, Dahmer or Gacy. Those are just two individuals that I know of because I, I have somehow encountered the propaganda machine attached to these personalities. Then, of course, it can turn a relatively insignificant uh, event in comparison to world statistics into a very real event for millions of people. Is this, is this part of how DreamWorks works in, uh, in Hollywood? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Hollywood is just a giant meme factory. Peter, anything to say about this case? Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, the case, from what from what I gather, it was very difficult to find a photograph of this individual connected to this news story. Is that correct? Yeah, they claimed they claimed Peter that they didn't want to uh, publish this photograph until some of the survivors had had a chance to ID him in a police lineup and I've only been able to find one photo of him online 
and, and also the police have cautioned us. This is a curious fact, Peter. The police have cautioned all of Houston not to jump to conclusions that this is the serial killer. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why they do the DNA test. If they can do the DNA test to, under, to charge him with six rapes, uh, well, well, what's the big delay in, uh, in finding out if he's the murderer? And you may remember the serial killer case in Louisiana. Uh, I guess it's been around a year ago. And, you know, DNA can identify niggers now by their DNA. It's reached that stage. And in that case, as in Chief Moose case, which, which Byron just made mention of, the, the snipers, they knew full well that these were niggers doing this. And they kept a cap on it. Instead of warning the public, you know, be on the lookout for niggers. No, they're not going to do that. Public safety took a backseat to political concerns. That's yeah. clearly. Well... I find it very interesting because I, I cover a lot of these stories, whether it's the uh, story about the soldiers in Okinawa that were raping the uh, Japanese girls or, or the rapes that occur nationwide in this country. I, I, I try to cover these stories on my radio show, and uh, what's interesting, in just about 98% of these stories, you can never find a photograph of the uh, culprit. And, uh, and if you were just to read the description here, first of all, this serial killer in Houston, just the term serial killer, people automatically assume it's a white man. Mm -hmm. And then when they use this description, he had old English lettering on his back and shoulders. They're using that to imply, again, old English white. And then when they go on to say that he had a uh, Celtics or a Celtic jersey, again using terminology to just psychologically slip that in and make you, uh, just to suggest to you this man is probably a white man. And the Celtics, was that guy Bird? What's his name, Bird? I wonder. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Celtics people, or, or a Celt, people assume a Celt is a white man. Uh, mm -hmm. a Celtic uh, person or old English lettering is associated with Celtic as well. I mean all of this, they're, they're trying in a very sly way, they're trying to imply this individual is a white man and they do this very subtly and they do this in all these stories. They don't show you a photograph so they give you little clues and they try to just slip in little things to, to make you assume that this person could possibly be white, which is a, is a crime in itself when you consider that all of these murders and rapes, the first thing a cop should do or a, the, the law enforcement should do is let the public know what this person looks like, including his racial makeup. It's the most important thing you can do. How do you ID a person if you don't know what race he is? And if a person's a black man, he's going to stand out. Or if a person's a white man in a black neighborhood, he's going to stand out as well. So it's important to racially identify these killers. Law enforcement won't do it any longer unless it's a white man. Now, there was a case a few days ago of a white man, and they immediately put his photograph in the paper. So this is nonsense about not wanting to put a photograph in the news because it might upset the public or might prevent the police from getting uh, witnesses to ID the man so on and so forth. It's a complete lie. If this was a white man, it would be in every newspaper around the globe. 
but the fact that it's a black man, they're going to bury it. Well, we've seen this uh, a thousand times before. It's a matter of fighting the reporter for the story, and also, again, the political objectives of multi further multiculturalizing the qua, where you have Cosby's on TV and uh, serial murderers without any pictures on the Oh, in addition to that, yeah. in addition to the description, they say you had a Superman sticker, and everyone knows Superman is a hero to mainly white people, not black people. Yeah, so this is the description of the serial murder suspect released by police, including the tattoo of a set of scales on his arm. And then his nigger family, of course, they, they, they stood by him. They said, it's unbelievable. They, they've got the wrong man and so forth and so on. You know, what's new? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, at least people sometimes are ashamed of their relative uh, of being charged, but uh, they're not in complete denial and... Well, the denial's not just a river in Africa, huh? <laughs> well, you make a good point. You make a good point there because that, that is the difference between the, the non-whites, especially the blacks, and the whites in this country. Whites, whenever they find a, a serial killer or, or someone who's accused of being a racist or an anti-Semite like Mel Gibson, whites are very quick to ostracize that individual from the group. On the other hand, blacks, whether it's O.J. Simpson or this serial killer, they stand by their man. They don't care if he's the most despicable human being on the earth and he's murdered hundreds of people. If he's black, they're going to support him and they're going to claim the police are after him because the system is inherently racist and evil. It's a complete uh, fantasy. Yeah, two examples spring to mind. Tukey Williams and uh, Mumia Abu-Jamal, the name too. Absolutely. But uh, there are others, I guess, basketball. Imagine, yeah. Have you ever had a nightmare or anything? And you imagine, you know, you're standing over a corpse like the nigger and predator. They, they find these out in the fields. Imagine going out and slaughtering a cow in the middle of the night. And these are human beings. These are women. They're finding them in fields and behind buildings. What kind of depraved uh, subhuman would do it? And it's just so reptilian mind. It's unbelievable. And it's constant. With, with Negroes in the United States, as it is in Africa. I don't care if it rains or freezes, as long as I got a plastic Jesus hidden on the dashboard of my car. Comes in colors pink and pleasant.
going ninety, I ain't scary, cause I got the Virgin Mary assuring me that I won't go home. Heading across the pond to the UK, the the civilized English countryside, we have a case of a man being charged for posting racist comments on a website set up in memory of a murdered Niggero teenager, Anthony Walker. Neil Martin, 29 years old, white man, appeared before Nosley magistrates in Hutton, Merseyside, charged with racially aggravated harassment and stirring up racial hatred. Well, this guy has finally been sentenced, and he got three years. So uh, this is the court system in England uh, doing its best to keep ne'er-do-wells off the streets. What the fuck is that? The, the, this guy is a native Celt in his racial homeland. Uh, uh, this is a crime? That's right. In the Jewish-ordered world, it is. Now, I suppose he considered consider himself lucky. He only got three years instead of seven. That's the oh, state we're England is, or the, the, the UK is especially uh, bad with thought crimes laws and, and enforcement. So there was a, a case not too long ago of this, uh, of a little, I guess she was about 14. This 14-year-old girl was at school. She was put into a group of Pakistani uh, immigrants to, you know, discuss something for class. I, I don't know what it was. But anyway, uh, these five Pakistanis couldn't really speak English, so they were talking to each other in Punjab. And she just went up to her teacher and said, I can't understand what they're saying, so if we need to discuss something, I need to be put in another group. Well, the, the teacher went to the cop on campus and had her arrested for racial insensitivity. Mm-hmm. She was 14, um, so, I think, by 14 yeah, years old. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, these, these laws are, things are real, real bad over there. Uh, they're, they're much farther down the road than we are in this country. Here from the article, it's posted here, the, the title, Man Jailed for Racist Web Messages. And then yeah. just notice the snide way in which the uh, reporter is working hand-in-hand with the corrupt government uh, to frame this guy. Uh, a man who posted racist messages on a website memory of murdered Nigero Anthony Walker has been jailed for more than three years. Neil Martin, 30, put at least, quote, six, six messages on the website, unquote. Martin, a friendless loner, who lived with his parents in Merseyside, posted the comments under the pseudonym Genuine Saucer. His comment suggested that white people should celebrate the murder of Nigoro Anthony, and Anthony's family should be burned and made frequent reference to slavery and a banana boat. (laughs) So that's the humor that makes it through the iron bars of UK's uh, corrupt justice system. This guy's serving three years. On the flip side of that, you know, you, you, if you had a, uh, a black making fun of a white that had been murdered, there'd be no consequences at all whatsoever. And uh, they do this all the time. They're always, uh, you know, in their, in their music, uh, they are, they're always talking about, you know, killing the police, shooting the police, raping women, you, you name it. That's okay. In fact, that's an art form. They've made this type of violent uh, discussion or violent music an art form where they get paid millions of dollars to get up on stage and talk about, 
you know, screwing someone's mother and killing the police. And yet here's a guy that just went on a website and, you know, maybe some people might find his humor in bad taste. Other people might think it's hilarious. But regardless, it's his own opinion. He's not, it's not, it shouldn't be a crime for someone to, to go out on a website and, and, and post a few statements, mm -hmm. even if it's in bad taste. Again, if this was a, a white person who was murdered with, a, with an ice axe and a black man had posted those comments, there wouldn't even be discussion about this. It wouldn't even be in the news. What is yeah, the le what level of thought control is this? Is this like code red thought control? Absolutely. This is uh, this is uh, they're going on the, to the next level now. They're taking no prisoners because no one, at least no one in the white uh, in, in in white America or or in Western Europe, is stepping up and saying, "Why do you have the separate set of rules for white people?" and not for the other races or the other non-white racial groups. No one is stepping up and protesting. They're accepting it. They act like it's just part of, the, of everyday life it, or that we should be punished for some reason and have these special rules and special punishments specifically for white people because of some uh, sins of our fathers or something. I, I don't know what it is because I'm very astonished that people have stopped talking about affirmative action in this country. But that conversation is dead in the water. No one even mentions it anymore. Everyone accepts affirmative action as if we've had this since the beginning of the country. But it all started with affirmative action. People accepted the idea that we should give blacks a little bit of an edge because uh, we've kept them down for 200 years. And that was the camel's nose in the tent. Now you can't even look at a black person the wrong way in public or you'll be thrown in the slammer for a, a racial a hate speech. or a, Like the fellow in New Jersey. He was defending himself against black muggers. The black muggers end up suing him because in the, in the uh, melee, the white man injured one of the black muggers. Now you figure that one out. I mean, this guy, he, he didn't even come out and say, you know, I'm so-and-so. He used a, a pseudonym, so I guess they had some type of agency track down his IP, verify it was him, and uh, uh, isn't that, use, use yeah, that I, in court. That, that's really remarkable that they would, uh, that they would be, you know, just uh, obsessively looking for people, posting any, anything politically incorrect online. I mean, Canada's like that, too, as, you know, with the uh, Thomas Winicky case. I think they were able to, to track him down through, through an IP search, so I imagine they did the same thing with this guy. Yeah, but the fact that they would go through, through such lengths to, to, to monitor every little thing that's uh, said online in their countries is really remarkable. I mean, it, it really is. It's truly totalitarian. Yeah, they, they teach young people from a very young age, elementary school, that this is the proper way to police thought and, and police uh, their opinions. And so by acculturation of a lifetime or lifetimes, they essentially steal the minds of young white people. And, and it's really quite criminal. It's quite Jewish. Well, the Jews are doing this right now. They've got a um, software program called uh, Megaphone. And they're using it to detect anti-Semitic websites. Any website that's having a discussion about Jews that might be unfavorable to the Jew, uh, they will uh, detect this with megaphone, 
and then they will have the Jewish students go online and uh, basically disrupt the website or uh, get in a debate with uh, the individuals on the website and try to either uh, turn the conversation around in favor of the Jews or actually disrupt the website and sabotage it. Those must be some of the Jewish butt surfers that come into VNN.com. I, I, I wonder if Megaphone's detected VNNforum.com yet. <laughs> well, VNN is, is way up on the radar. I mean, they, they know about you guys for a long time now. They don't need Megaphone. You, you, you use your own Megaphone to get their attention. But, uh, but they're, they're going on. They're so paranoid and so concerned about controlling all speech on the Internet they're going to go on the most benign websites that just are discussing the Jewish problem, the Jewish uh, control, or just having a, a minor discussion. They want to get in there, they want to detect it, and they want to disrupt it. They don't want any conversations going on anywhere on the Internet that would uh, be anti-Semitic. There was a release this week that 40% of the American public believes that Jewish influence is, is too great, especially Zionist influence in the United States. And that's a very large number, and I'm sure they're worried. We, we've had YouTube videos of uh, Colin Quinn and different people posted on VNInform.com, and they, uh, you know, essentially wolf on the Jews. And so it's becoming a, a tsunami of awareness. Yeah, well, You're, absolutely You're absolutely correct. I remember uh, when Winnicott was on before he was sent to jail, and he said, in communist Poland, it was actually more humanitarian than our current totalitarian system in that the Soviets censored anything that could be made public, thereby protecting the people from certain imprisonment if it became public, these dissident views, which were against the law. So the censors, in a way, did protect the public, whereas today, you can say whatever you want in quotation marks, but as we see in England or in Canada, you say that, but then it's used against you in, in court, and they send you up the river for three, three years or more. Well, we'll be changing things. Well, you know, you're right about the awareness, though. I've noticed that even uh, with my website and my broadcast, many individuals, are, are, they cringe when they first hear my broadcast and if I mention anything about Jews, but once they start listening to it, they grudgingly accept my viewpoints because I don't use fictitious stories. I don't make up the news. I take just your basic news stories, and I show the public how the Jewish hand is involved. The documents are out there. The information is out there. You don't need to make it up. You don't need to get sensationalistic about it. And I, I try to present this to the public, and every day I get new emails. You know, Peter, I didn't agree with you when I first heard your broadcast, but man, now I understand, and you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's happening more and more. And I see this. Everyone, you cannot deny what the Jews are doing. I mean, it's just so blatant. It's so out of control that if you just point it out in a logical fashion, many people will... Uh, finally you just come to the realization, you know what, this guy's right. The Jews are behind all these things. It's just, it's just too obvious. Yeah, well, speaking of a little-known fact, uh, 
we have uh, Iraqi death toll exceeds 600,000 study estimates. Uh, a new study asserts that roughly 600,000, and that's a low estimate, of Iraqis have died from violence since the U.S.-led invasion in March 2003, a figure many times higher than any previous estimate. He's stopping. Now he's running. He's taking cover. You got more coming. I think Saddam only killed what, like uh, between uh, 200 and 250,000 supposedly? It was like the number over 20 years. That's how many people he killed and that was the, uh, uh, the great outrage and why we wanted to, one of the reasons why, one of the reasons given to go to war I guess was to topple this uh, tyrant who was just butchering people and uh, in less than, or a little over three years we, we've killed uh, three times as many people as uh, he supposedly killed over 20 years. I think that's remarkable. Is this uh, what a democracy is supposed to look like? You know, Paul Bremer, who was a half-Jew, he left, fled Baghdad uh, by helicopter after sitting in a C-130 for about 20 minutes and getting a photo, photo op to a journalist with the implication being that he was taken off in the C-130. And then he fled by helicopter. And he totally failed in Iraq, and now... Uh, the United States is practically being bankrupted by all of this and, and they call these people insurgents in their own country and one of our posters Jimbo who's a creator he has a thread right now on vnnforum.com called Zog suffers major blow in Iraq and in that thread he's got a video of, of a, uh, a, a Negro Ranger who came back he's a very young guy and he talks about clearing out bunkers and then when he got to Iraq he was briefed and told that uh, they must terrorize the Iraqis and Rangers uh, go to a long training program uh, six or eight weeks in Panama and they drop them by parachute they give them something like a knife and a couple of matches and they have to eat snakes and insects it's pretty hardcore but anyway they would flush out these bunkers and he, he said that by his reckoning he'd killed at point-blank muzzle execution uh, range just under 200 human beings and uh, they would get Iraqi fathers who were he called them average Joes and uh, they would put the guys kids uh, there in front of him four or six kids you know they have a lot of children over there they're not afraid to give birth as white people are and then uh, they would execute if they didn't get the answer they wanted from these average Joe fathers they would begin executing the oldest child first and then work their way down. And if the guy was totally innocent of any knowledge about terrorism, too bad. In fact, he called him SOL, shit out of luck. This is some serious stuff. If we get to the point of racial cleansing in North America, as they had in Yugoslavia, and this is the type of thing that will be going on, uh, whites are either going to get toughened up really quickly or get totally obliterated faster than they currently may expect. I believe also in that video, uh, he said that when he was briefed, uh, that, that they told him that, uh, you know, forget about the Geneva uh, Convention. It simply doesn't apply. Yeah. Yeah, nothing will get back home what happens here. He also mentioned right. going into a mosque, uh, a midnight mosque or a prayer session, and they went and just killed them all and hung them up from the rafters and spray painted things on the wall like, you know, you're next, uh, and just just basically terrorizing 
the people, and he said it a, a couple of times, we're the terrorists over there. We're terrorizing a nation. Yeah, he said if invaders came to our country, tried to take it over, that he would feel that he had the right, and he would re respond to them in the same way that they had responded to him. Look, part of the reason we went to Iraq, because Saddam paid the suicide bombers in, in uh, Palestine and Israel, 25000 the surviving family. He would pay them $25,000 cash U.S., and that's a huge sum of money over there in that ghetto where the Israelis have practiced apartheid for decades against the Palestinians, and where the Israelis are numbered five or six, outnumbered five or six to one. And in the United States also, it was proven, spent about $220 million dollars educating or propagandizing the American people to get involved in this. And then the loony Christians believe all this uh, Magic Kingdom uh, Jew-on-a-stick crap that, that, that until, uh, you know, Jesus flies down in a flying saucer and, and lands on the Temple Dome roof. It's just nonsense. It's, it's quite unfortunate. Europeans don't have that metaphysic wonderland. Praise be! Hallelujah! God bless! Amen! Praise the Lord! Be saved! And the storms, the cloud of the dust of God's feet. Let man lie to you. Mother Nature don't do that. That's God. God help him. <laughs> and how do you feel now? Try to warn us to evacuate, to leave Satan alone. He believes. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, was this going to go down as the hush crime of the century, uh, where you have mass graves, where you have over 200,000 people uh, burned and uh, buried? Is, is this what uh, Jew foreign policy looks like? When we were in Kuwait, we got debriefed about, um, about, about our mission, like the rangers we had debriefed about, you know, that our, our job over there is to strike fear in the hearts of the Iraqis. That's what they told us. They, they, they say, you know, you can do whatever it takes, you know, well, we're not going to put it, hold anything against you. You're not going to get charged for anything. Do whatever it takes in the field to, to make them fear you. And they told us to, 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 be, to be brutal, to not feel, to do it. They said we're not there for them, you know. We've got our own purpose and we're not there for them. The, the, the Geneva Convention, that doesn't mean crap. The new commission is just something for, for political, you know, crap, you know. If I, you know, I didn't keep count, but I say, you know, by my hand alone, probably almost 200 people, you know, that, that well, that that were taken out by me, and that, you know, that's just a rough estimate. And There's a lot of those at close. Range. A lot of those at close range, you know, like I said. Like from the, the distance from from me to you, I think are closer. And like when we're doing the raids of the houses, you know, it'd be closer. It'd be, um, you know, they, they they would actually feel, you know, the hot muzzle, you know, of my rifle on the forehead. I wouldn't shoot them that close, you know, but but like, but I would step back and then do it. But like, we just have to scare them first, you know. Like we would beat them up or kick them or kick. If you hit the wife or like a, a couple of the guys will fondle on the wife, you know, just to piss them off to try to get them to say something. And when they didn't do it, you know, we killed them. We'll do that to like, 
maybe several houses, multiple houses, slaughtering, you know, 30, 40 people a night sometimes. They're doing the houses, women and children. You know, I didn't sign up to kill women and children, you know. I signed up, I was... Well, you know, in addition to that, Abu Ghraib uh, atrocities that all the talk shows want to marginalize and downplay. They, they, they oh, what do you, they, they always refer to it as the, uh, the U.S. military was, uh, the prison guards were making the Iraqis wear women, women's panties on their head. Well, they leave out the part about the, the uh, sodomy with a broomstick and all the other beatings and the torture that these prisoners encountered, all under the supervision of the Jewish commissar. All of these special forces groups have a Jewish commissar, a Mossad agent, uh, a Jewish-Israeli uh, special forces uh, advisor. This is, when you read these stories about uh, torture and uh, atrocities committed against the Iraqis in prison, they always refer to a third-party nation, but they never reveal the identity of the third-party nation that was there as an advisor. They never reveal the identity, but we know who the identity is. We know the identity of these people. Investigation after a the Abu Ghraibi uh, prisoner, whatever it was, uh, why not one about Jesse Macbeth, this former army uh, ranger? On Google videos, if you searched Jesse Macbeth, M-A-C-B-E-T-H, testimony from a former U.S. Army ranger in Iraq, you can view this video, at least until they pull it offline. But uh, they could easily call a congressional investigation about this. You know, they had one what? about Miley, and uh, uh, Lieutenant Gallup, he killed way more than he claims by his own declaration. Well, I remember also that, you know, this guy was saying in the video that uh, soldiers would routinely use, you know, sexual humiliation. <clears throat> um, you know, this is outside of Abu Ghraib, just, you know, out in the field. That, you know, a lot of times to, to get information out of people, you know, you got soldiers, uh, you know, groping and, and feeling up the, uh, you know, Iraqi men's wives. Well, not, not to mention you had female soldiers uh, abusing the male prisoners at Abu Ghraib. And this was, this is one of the things they wanted to uh, conceal because one, one thing about this war is a big PR uh, scheme for uh, the, the uh, women in the military. They want to make women look like heroes in the U.S. military and they're using this Iraq war as the uh, platform to do this. So when they found out that the, this prison was run by a female general and a... Uh, and the female guards were the ones doing most of the uh, torture, <laughs> they didn't want that to leak out, so they quickly downplayed that. And uh, that's another crime of it in itself. On the other side of the world, and in fact in America's heartland, Lincoln, Nebraska, we have a groundbreaking ceremony for a long-planned monument to honor World War II's Holocaust. Nebraska Holocaust Memorial will be located in Lincoln. The main feature of the memorial will be the Star of Re Remembrance. The 12-foot stainless steel Star of David will honor the 11 million people who died in the Holocaust. About 6 million of those killed by the Nazis were Jews. This is interesting given that uh, it's been said that about maybe 16,000 Jews died.
in the so-called Holocaust. But um, anyone else catch this, Jane? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I've seen the story. I mean, it's um, it's just it's another essentially religious uh, monument. I mean, um, I mean, the Holocaust, as most people know, has, has really been elevated to. Um, to a religious level, you know, it is it is the new religion. I mean, there's Holocaust memorials uh, all over the place in the darndest places, and and they still haven't built a a, a memorial for the uh, for the American soldiers that died during World War II, but uh, they were sure uh, quick to put up a, a Holocaust memorial in, in Washington D.C. at the taxpayers' expense, of course, even though the supposed Holocaust didn't you know happen over in Europe and, and not here. Uh, yeah, here uh, I and people died in the Holocaust on KET7 in Omaha. <laughs> so it's almost doubled. It's like the, the stock market it's surging. When somebody says goodbye to me, oh, I'm sad as I can be. That's the Willis loving Romeo. And though I yearn, you seem to learn, I'll keep playing solitaire until I return. That, 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 good, please. Don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. Good, 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 please. Go to bye. What do they call it? They don't call it the Star of David. They call it the... Uh uh, hold on. Star of Remembrance. Yeah, and it looks like the upside-down pyramid, the Masonic pyramid on the dollar bill, with a uh, <laughs> the seeing with, eye, with a like what two-dimensional upright pyramid, and together they form sort of a neo-modern Star of David. It's a that's junk. Really, yeah. Well, that's very interesting because the Star of David is actually the Star of Molech, which is a pagan god that the Jews. Uh, worshipped at one time. Uh, Kabbalists still worshipped Moloch, and Moloch was the god that would uh, the Jews would throw uh, children into a bonfire to uh, pay homage to Moloch, and that's where the Star of David comes from. And this is also the little uh, god that's at the Bohemian Grove uh, out on the west coast where all the world leaders go. I didn't know that they had that at Bohemian Grove. That's very interesting. They've got a little, a little pagan god on top of a stick, and they all dance around it. And that little, that little pagan god is known as Moloch. Mm -hmm. Same. Well, we, god we talked about Moloch and Tophet on one of the first three or four Goyfars, so it's interesting that it comes up again at this time. Yeah, this uh, is this is what people don't realize. The star of David is the star of Moloch. Well, Americans yeah, need to study Judaism more to become better Jews. That's for fucking sure, isn't it? Well, and apparently, uh, uh, the Star of David being being a Jewish symbol is uh, is a fairly recent phenomenon, or as as the main Jewish symbol. I think basically up until uh, about the the 1930s or so, it, uh, they used the Lion of Judea. 
commonly. It's been also been used uh, by the Egyptians and even um, some of the Tibet scrolls have have swastikas and the Star of David on them. I guess they are mm -hmm. pretty much two opposite ends of the mystical spectrum, uh, good and bad. And uh, I guess if you're paying attention, you know which label affixes to uh, which symbol. The Star of David is also found in uh, in the free in the Masonic temples. Uh, that's it's very prominent in the main chamber of the Masonic temple, and uh, the Egyptian mythology also figures into all of this. So it is interesting that there is an upside-down pyramid. This all ties into the occult and the fact that the state of Israel decided to use a Star of David or the Star of Moloch as their national emblem. It shows the world that they, uh, that they are truly uh, their whole Zionist philosophy is based on the occult. But it also shows that the uh, Kabbalah is the, is the driving force philosophically behind the Zionists. It, is, it is also the driving force behind Freemasons as well. Yeah, well, uh, speaking, speaking of Kabbalah, uh, we have uh, Madonna uh, adopting a chimp. Uh, Madonna plans to adopt a child in Malawi, government officials said Wednesday as the pop star arrived in the southern African nation on a mission to help AIDS orphans. She told us she is looking for a baby boy, said Andrina Michela, a senior official with the Malawi's Minister for Gender and Child Welfare. Her team has identified a few, but the choice is hers. I think she just wants to have this young black kid around so she can get laid all the time. Because she loves black guys. I mean, as simple as that. I don't know. I don't see anything more than this. She's a whore, you know. She she should be burned on a stake as a witch. I mean, she can have anything. What does she want this black handbag for? Uh, this is a whole trend that they're foisting off on young, pre-adolescent uh, white girls in the United States of America. And it really is sick. And it, it is so manipulative of their totally unformed minds as to be a, a Jewish criminal act uh, that far exceeds the uh, holy hoax. And uh, I looked into it in a couple of things. For one, Madonna's publicist is one Liz Rosenberg, uh, Madonna, Madonna the Kabbalist, and then she follows this Michael Berg who has a, a website online, uh, what is it now, the, uh, uh, the Kabbalah Center and uh, also she's following a, a, a kike by the name of Jeffrey Sachs, who is a scientist. And he's uh, essentially demanded that the United States government apportion $140 billion for redistribution to Africa. And Jeffrey Sachs, uh, they're actually trying to run for president. And he's listed in Wikipedia uh, in, under Jewish American scientist as, as a Jew. And he's also behind, uh, he's shown in one picture here, Kike Jeffrey Sachs is, with uh, Quincy Jones, uh, Bono the Bonehead, and uh, Sir Bob Geldof. He wants it. He gets uh, And also he's associated with Angeline Jolie. So uh, these Jews have their, have their hooks in these uh, uh, vapid uh, stars. 
kids who are uh, idolized by young teens. And, and it's a pretty sick process. And back to this Kabbalah Center, they like Kabbalah water. It's called celestial water. And that's been a big uh, <laughs> scam that they're putting off. It's kind of like kosher food. And again, this is all with the Kabbalah Center. And uh, this guy, Michael Berg, calls himself Yehuda Berg, as, as if a real Yehuda is any, any uh, more real than Michael Berg is. But, uh, <laughs> it's all pop California snake oil uh, kikeism. And uh, oh, oh, check this one out. Billionaire kike Alec Gores, G-O-R-E-S. He's a billionaire, people. You know, remember what uh, uh, George Carlin said about how you're getting the red, white, and blue dick up your ass for 30 years, and you finally realize why you've been screwed. Anyway, he has a, a wife by the name of Hedy Gores, and she's a philanthropist. You know, she goes around and, and promotes Malawi and all this other crap, and then they get tax write-offs on it. So it's a, it's a pretty sick process, and there's another one. Uh, Kike David Reifman, he's a real estate guy out of Chicago. Of course, he's playing real estate law and, and uh, tax write-offs and federal government set-asides for esteemed up, moving on up nigger housing every which way to Sunday, or to Saturday at least. It's, it's, it, it's really a, a mess. And uh, uh, what's new? Yeah, well, you touched what's upon Joe Lee, and I, I wanted to just point out the trend. Uh, we could throw Heidi Klum into the into the mix as well. Of course, none of this is happening by chance. It's all orchestrated, especially by the celebrity puppet handlers. And, and what a real sick process it is for morphing white, otherwise healthy white women's minds into becoming uh, orc baby factories for the third world. Well, Madonna needs the publicity. She's seen the publicity that uh, Angelina Jolie is getting. So that's something that is a lot. Of, it's an incentive for her to do this. And in addition to that, she's furthering the goal of the UN, which there's a UN directive to end racism worldwide. And the way they're going to do it is by using multiculturalism, shipping in third world people into the first world, meaning uh, blacks, Asians, uh, wherever the third world exists, they're going to ship the third world into. Europe and America, Australia, Canada. This is a, this is in the UN in the UN uh, document. It's a UN charter. This is their idea of ending racism. Uh, they don't speak of uh, uh, bringing cool. whites into into Africa. They don't want to bring whites into Africa. They want to bring Africans into the white world. So we'll all be this nice coffee color, you know, 200 years from now. Through the yeah. interbreeding. Yeah, didn't Nicole Kidman and uh, Tom Cruise adopt one of those? And now Nicole Kidman's poor, uh, poor new husband is driven to alcoholism. It's pathetic. <laughs> I would be too if I had to come did home. You also, did, <laughs> <laughs> did you also? Did you also notice the um, beautiful white wife, the little nigger? I lose my mind. Did you notice that one of Paltrow ads? What's, what's ad fucking wrong with said, this picture? Uh, Sorry. Well, did you notice the the one of Paltrow ad where it says, "I'm an African." I don't know if you've seen that, but this is a, an ad that's oh. been out, you know, worldwide. It's a big photograph of Gwyneth Paltrow. They're putting this photograph in magazines, on bus stops, and it says, "I'm an African," and and it's an and it's an AIDS awareness uh, campaign. And so they're taking white people, white women, and they're putting the slogan underneath their photograph, "I'm an African," 
Yeah, well, they're already well, this, considered this a minority uh, from from a affirmative action standpoint, or as they say plainly in Britain, positive discrimination. Uh, so why not? Uh, they are honorary Africans under the Kabbalistic system uh, that the Jews have cobbled yeah. out. And and Kabbalism means you can essentially. Uh you know, you exotic up yourself the same as wearing a cross. I want to mention what Ben Clausen says in the White Man's Bible, which people can read at solargeneral.com in a PDF file. You can read the entire book. And Ben Clausen talked about the fact that white people of the world subsidizing Africa, who, who are genetically inferior to whites, and that's proven throughout their historical accomplishments, is essentially totally against the laws of nature. And if we keep it up, we'll upset the laws of nature. White nationalists have the connections between blood, soil, living space, standard of living. And all of these things interconnect within a white nationalist outlook. But how can you be an environmentalist when you're totally for boosting third world populations or importing them? Uh, there's another film out there called Immigration Gumballs put that into your Google uh, search window and look for it. You can't alleviate the population explosion and it is exploding as we speak in the third world by importing these people to first world countries. It just doesn't work, can't work, won't work. So uh, it reminds well, right me... Right now one, one in nine people, just in South Africa, one in nine people has AIDS or is HIV positive and they say that the uh, people that go to funerals two to three times a week and, and, a, and an expat uh, white who has written about it says, here's what they have down there when they have these AIDS funerals. They have in Soweto, which is the slum in Johannesburg, they have marquees. I don't think he's talking about marquee tents. I think he's kind of like, you know, playing tonight Jerry Lee Lewis or something. You know? <laughs> and they have DJs come and play these funerals. And, and you know, it, it, it's like New Orleans, but jazzed up. I mean, Jane, I will say it here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. a, they, as a quote, old bull, they are out mamma jamming AIDS itself. They, <laughs> mamma jamming? What is that? They, I have to look up in the Urban Dictionary for that one. <laughs> they will out mamma jam AIDS from a population standpoint. That is my call right here as of right I, now. I, I want to go over there and be a DJ at the funerals, man. <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of overpopulation, we have the U.S. ready to take in 60,000 Bhutanese refugees living in Nepal. The United States has expressed its readiness to take in up to 60,000 Bhutanese refugees stranded in eastern Nepal for the last 16 years. We had a huge facility for them. I had six, I think six monkeys. And we were giving them uh, various psychedelic drugs that the government was synthesizing and sending to me. I imagine they'll be resettling them to, you know, probably the to some nice, you know, small uh, white towns. Yes, that seems, you know, that seems to be the trend with bringing in these massive amounts of refugees. They don't settle them in uh, the big cities anymore. They settle them in kind of rural 
uh, white towns. Sending it uh, up to Robert Redford's Film Festival. What, what yeah. time is that up in? Uh, That's up in the middle. It, 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 it's up in Park City. Yeah. Is, is L.A. tapped out? Utah, please. Is L.A. I think tapped LA's out? Tapped, I think L.A.'s tapped out, yeah. But, uh, no, they've been, you know, um, they've been sending a lot of uh, refugees from all over the place into Salt Lake City over the last uh, few years. It seems like every week there's a, there's a new busload of, you know, Sudanese or Somalis or you know, some people from God knows where to get you know settled in. Why are they leaving pretend? Do they run out of chickpeas or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know even the story behind them. They are some kind of Asiatics, which I think were displaced by the Chinese or something or other. It's just not our problem, in my opinion. But because we're just such great humanitarians, you know, after killing 600,000 people in Iraq, uh, we feel the gesture of extending a warm welcome to 60,000 into small-town America to terrorize whites. Uh, it, it will more than make up for that. Well, as I was saying earlier, there is a UN uh, directive to uh, under the auspices of ending racism, and they're going to use the uh, humanitarian cry of uh, multiculturalism, diversity, uh, to uh, bring in third world uh, people into the West. This is their plan, and this is. And if you don't accept these refugees, well, then the World Bank and other organizations ostracize you from the family of nations. Every Western nation has a uh, a quota of refugees that they that they have to accept. You know, th there there was an essay published this week on VNInform.com. And it was referred to another site, but they talk about the concept of winner in the United States, which is we have these mega millionaires. I mean, people with hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars, and and these people control the rest of we serfs, and whites are being cheapened to the point. And this is the the name of the game in the new world order and new world order and globalism. And so the more of these they can bring in, whether from Mexico, Ecuador, Bhutan, Somalia, you name it, and create social chaos in the United States, and cheapen white labor to essentially, well, whites are lucky to get a good job being a mercenary over in Iraq for the Jews. Get their college money. The, the quicker they can tear down the civilization, as they have so many, so many countries throughout human history, and move on to China or wherever the Jews are going to go next. Right, I think there, in China, for example, they make about three cents a day working so if, if they can or 30 I think it's three dollars a day something like that so if they can get whites to work for that level I guess they'll have another mission accomplished sign to put up somewhere whites are to, to, to not stand up not only will they not stand up to the Mexican invasion of 15 million 20 million nobody even knows but uh, so so what's another drop in the bucket 60,000 Bhutanese that's Mexican the way they feel they can end racism is by eliminating white countries worldwide yeah, are the Christians behind that as they were the 1965 Immigration Act, which allowed all these muds to flood into the United States, I wonder. And then secondly, even the theorist Michio Kaku wrote about, this is how embedded this is in, in Western culture. He's a Japanese-American genius, and, and, and uh, he wrote the theoretical physics uh, papers, there have been 2,000 white papers written on it, and he suggests that in the future, in 100 years, if we survive that long, will be civilizations which uh, 
have these racial conflicts totally under control if we make it that and there's like class two civilization in the in the cosmos in the universe i mean this is how loony this stuff has gotten <laughs> you know yeah well it's always interesting to look where it's falling apart this uh racial uh utopianism that these uh third party uh, organizations like to espouse, funded by the Jews, of course. But we have here a riot, 500 riot at Fontana High. Uh, this is coming to you from California. No whites involved, just blacks and, and spicks, apparently. Students, in quotation marks, poured out of classrooms when they said a fire alarm rang around noon. They then saw what they described as a racial or gang-related riot erupting about 500 students on the quad at a campus near Citrus Avenue. Mm -hmm. There's a so, riot going on by the Beach Boys. It's student revolution time. <laughs> the police felt so harassed. They called the special riot squad. The L.A. County Sheriff would have Some flocked to the chaotic melee with their tel cell phones taking pictures and recording video while others fled to get out of the way. Helicopters, SWAT teams, police were all called in to break up the disturbance. Uh, Byron, I know you, this is in your backyard. <laughs> This uh, yeah, this riot. It's it's pretty funny. It started off as just a uh, it's just a fist fight between uh, between a Mexican and a and a black student. And uh, I don't know. As anybody who's been to a, a racially diverse school knows that uh, you know these people always fight in groups. I mean, if you get into a fight with a, a Mexican as a white kid, you're fighting him and all his friends, or a black kid, him and all his friends too. So you see. This uh, group dynamic that just uh, you know swelled up. It was just a, a fist fight between a black and a Mexican, and pretty soon all their friends started getting involved, and it just turned into a huge race riot involving 500 people. And and, and that's not the first riot that's happened, uh, you know, like that. I mean, these have been these are becoming fairly regular. Uh, there's one at um, Redlands High School, I think it was a couple months ago, uh, where where the cops and everybody were called in. So, I mean, you're just going to you know, see more and more rising ethnic uh, conflict between these, uh, between these groups. Yeah, so the blacks and spicks just aren't getting it. Is, is, that what we, uh, is that what we can conclude from this? Is it only whites that can believe uh, racial tolerance exists in the world? Right. Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Whites are the only group that are tolerant. There are no other groups of people in the world, in, in the third world, that are tolerant of any other racial group other than their own. Blacks are not tolerant of whites. In Africa, uh, the Filipinos, the Arabs, uh, you name it, the Chinese, they're not tolerant of whites in their societies. They hate white people. They hate white imperialism. They hate everything to do with Western civilization. And we are told, on the other hand, to embrace all of these groups of people that hate us. So yes, we are the only 
racial group that is tolerant. That's been my point all along, uh, since I started broadcasting. Was a, it's just ridiculous. We are, we are the most tolerant racial group on the planet, and yet we are constantly being beat over the head with the racism stick, the racism label. Yeah, well, that's probably precisely why, because we, we are able to intellectualize our own existence to the point where we can be brought to accept a position, which means our own demise as a nation, people. Mm -hmm. Tolerance uh, is a weakness, not an asset. Mm -hmm. And also, as I've mentioned before, spiritual universalism doesn't lead to political universalism or vice versa, and they're falsely teaching, they are, I mean, our institutions, that this is the case. Um, th this thread, by the way, on vnnforum.com is 500, and that's uh, in digits 500 students riot at California High School. And one of the writers in this story, Aegis and, and Peter and Byron, they mentioned that, uh, he or she mentioned that uh, the students couldn't be calmed down because uh, all they could, uh, they couldn't think rationally, they could only express themselves in racial terms. As if somehow that were uh, uh, yeah, craziness. And then they have this picture of the spicks making all these hand signals, just like niggers. You know, there's a whole, there's there spick hand signals, there are nigger hand signals. And it, it's right. like, uh, you know, sign language for the deaf. If you don't know it, you don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really disgusting. And then, and then what, what's really the rub in my mind is, is, they pass out these fake degrees, and they've been doing it in California. Byron's from California, and he knows, and I guess Peter is too. They've been passing these things out like candy for 20 years now. They're fake degrees. They're fake high school degrees. They're fake university degrees. And then they get uh, esteemed up high-paying government jobs, and, and, and they uh, don't hire whites. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, yeah, that's all I can say, Gibson. Yeah, there's this new institutionalized... Uh, uh, Racism. I mean, uh, it's re it's really funny to watch the blacks and Mexicans go at it. I, there, I knew this Mexican woman a few years ago when I was still living in California. She was a, uh, uh, you know, she worked in some government office, but anyway, uh, she couldn't get um, she couldn't get promoted uh, because she wasn't black. You know, the blacks had control of you know the uh, administration at, at whatever department it might have been the DMV. Yeah. Hell, I don't know. Oh, what a difference it, a day it, makes. It was it was something like that, and so you know you're seeing them battling it out. Evil Whitey's out of the picture, but you know racial preferences um, exist among uh, among their own. They will promote their own people once they uh, rainbow society, this great multicultural society where everybody gets along and and only whites are racist is just uh, well That's as right. we all Get know. Get Jesus off your back, yeah. Jesus Jones people. Yeah, she should have took tanning pills like on the movie Soul Man. <laughs> right. Would have done wonders for her career. Mm -hmm. Maybe a, a couple courses in abonics and she would have been as good as gold. But, you know, you see the same dynamic at work with, the, with all the uh, prison riots that were in California recently and to the point where they've actually had to uh, segregate prisoners by race. I actually heard that went up to the Supreme Court, and they struck it down, saying, "No, we can't go back to, to the Holocaust. Uh, so that means we're going to have to diversify white inmates with niggeros and spicks." Um, yeah, that, yeah, that that's right. Um, 
that was a Supreme Court ruling, but uh, this was like a, a special case in California because these blacks and Mexicans were just tearing each other apart. And so California has, well, I'm, I'm sure they're not segregating uh, uh, the white uh, prisoners, but, but they are segregating the, uh, you know, the blacks and the Mexicans, probably putting the whites in with the Mexicans, I guess. Or, I don't yeah, know. well, I, I think the, the, the boons are losing in, in a lot of these areas. For instance, in Fontana, the stats say that they're 11.8%, and the Hispanic Hispicics are 57.7%. And there's a new study released uh, just this week that... By 2043, 24% of the Kwa will be uh, spickish. So mm -hmm. uh, get ready and enjoy the ride. Yeah, boy. Well, what's, what's fascinating uh, is the fact that in south-central L.A., which has been a black enclave since the uh, 60s, uh, the Crips and the Bloods were originated in those areas, and they were a very vicious group of uh, gangbangers. Now the uh, Mexicans, specifically 18th Street Gang and MS-13, have moved into those neighborhoods. Now they are terrorizing the Crips and the Bloods yeah. and the black <laughs> residents. It's hilarious. Love it. I know. <laughs> because now they're getting a taste of their own medicine. Speaking of uh, uh, California and, and Hollywood and and spicks and niggers. We have uh, Joan Rivers in the news, uh, the Botox queen, says Mel Gibson deserves death for the anti-Semitic remarks he made during his July drunk driving arrest. Quote, he is an anti-Semitic son of a bitch. He should fucking die, she declared during an interview with Celebrity Week. yeah, she goes all the way back to uh, Johnny Carson, where she uh, successive, successfully imitated uh, a Gentile woman. And by the way, Carson wouldn't speak to her right up to his death. He hated her so much. Yeah, she must have been a, quite a tenacious talent to get her hooks into CBS at that time. Well, compared to Mel Gibson, she's a way more minor Jewish talent, too. Mel Gibson has uh, really dug himself a, in a hole. He, 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 he'll never be able to uh, say he's sorry enough times. It's just going to go on and on. He's really made a fool of himself, in my opinion. He should have just uh, stuck to his guns and and uh, said, well, you know, I said these things because of the war in Iraq and the possible invasion of Iran and Syria that's impending. So, uh, you know, I might be kind of a, 
crude way to put it, but I believe it's, it's fairly factual. I think he would have had a lot more people supporting him. As it is, he's kowtowing and, uh, and he's starting to look ridiculous. And this is not what you want to, to uh, appear in public as. A, you don't want to appear as a weak person in public if you're supposed to be this guy that uh, uh, portrays heroes in movies. Yeah, well, why not? Let's just start a line of, of, of malt liquor and call it Mel's Bells or something. <laughs> well, I, I think also he's backtracking because he's, you know, he's got that uh, new movie coming out this uh, December, the uh, Apocalypto, about the... But the Jews are going to slaughter it in the press. Well, I mean, the, you know, the last time they tried that with the Passion, it really backfired on him uh, big time and made it you know, the biggest grossing movie ever made. So probably I would imagine they would just uh, ignore it. Is that that Mayan Civilization movie? I missed what you said right. there, Byron. Yeah, that was right? the Mayan, that, that's the Mayan Civilization movie. Yeah, I, I think part of the reason he made that was to, to uh, hip white people to the viciousness of what these Indian mestizo culture, uh, uh, cultures are all about, which is a lot of human sacrifice and, and thrill with blood and blades and rape. And uh, I think that's why he made part of that movie. I really no, do. No. If you look at the rushes for that, the, the, the trailers, it's dramatic. Yeah. Right? Well, well, I mean, it could be. I mean, I don't really get the impression that Mel Gibson thinks racially. I mean, and, and his uh, and his his views on the Jews comes more from his more from a traditionalist Catholic standpoint than it does a, a racial standpoint. He compares us with the Iraq War, and that we're essentially. He did say that we're sending our uh, our kids as uh, to be sacrificed in the Iraq War, and he, he likened that to the Bayan uh, civilization at the. Uh, you know, initial premiere of that movie, which was quite fascinating, or a statement. I, I'm not as dismayed as Peter is about wh what he's done because uh, <laughs> he let the cat out of the bag and can't put it back in now. Yeah, well, Alex. I mean, basically, we've we've talked about Mel before, but he's he has Aryan instincts, but he he's compromised by his Christianity, and uh, mm -hmm. also, I guess he's he's just more or less. Uh, well, he's he's somewhat of a coward, to to put it plainly, in that, you know, after saying things, uh, he he's willing to backtrack on them and uh, say, well, you know, I didn't mean it, or or you know, he's willing to to just go back on on what he said, and uh, well, and and who knows what other pressures working behind the scenes? I mean, uh, you know, he has mentioned before that his family's been threatened, you know, and that could be a, a very real concern of his as well. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that since he works in Hollywood, he's got to do do business with the Jews. Uh, oh, yeah. There's yeah, no way I, around it. Yeah, but I but think it's worth $850 million. You know, they can't really stop that very easily. Exactly. I mean, that's been spoken about on the forum. There is no real economic. And at this point, I, what does he want? Uh, to double the $83 million? Does he want to triple it? It's it's all academic. I mean, from a economic standpoint, th yeah, yeah. Th this guy will never be begging on the streets. That that can't well, be a reason. Just, you know, he just uh, enjoys this uh, celebrity status. Yeah. If he wants to make up for it, send a quarter of a million to VNN and make a movie with Byron. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, really, if we could get guys like Mel on our side, uh, I, come on, Mel, send us a mill. We'll do the dirty work. Yeah, that's right. We enjoy it. Yeah, well, speaking of this whole milieu, the uh, Hollywood intellectual scenes of which I guess Joan is a peripheral player, we have an Adam Mansbach, uh, who is a supposed hip-hop artist, uh, posing as a white man. 
Jane, you you've been uh, covering this. It's, I guess this is East Coast material. Yeah, yeah. He's another one. Uh, this guy has a, a couple of simultaneously tracked claims to fame, and one is that he's a white man, which is absolutely hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've proven, first of all, the guy looks at, if you look at his picture, he looks like Billy Joel, and, uh, and then he's going bald like Billy Joel, so then he's on this tour of, he's a rapper, he went to Columbia University, I am so sick about hearing about Columbia University, uh, Al-Qaeda needs to study about Columbia University, please. Uh, if I may suggest, because it's a fascinating uh, luminary of lights for uh, uh, is West. And uh, <laughs> so here this guy goes, he's going under, he, he, he went to a, a Brown, I guess it was, it was a Brown, like Rockwell did years ago. Uh, he's been all over Columbia, you name it, and he goes around to universities and he raps. And uh, I'm sure we'll lay in some of his raps here in this goy fire. He's white, he's blonde, he's not blonde. He's got black hair, he's Jewish, and he hails from an affluent Boston suburb. And then he goes in this turgid way to lecture whites about how we're not making the grade and we're not understanding blacks. And then his new book, not yet released, uh, where is this, about the, the Jews? Oh yeah, The End of the Jews. Uh, that'll be published in uh, 2007. And, uh, I mean, when does this stuff stop? Every time you take a look at these guys, and they're at every level of talking heads on television, Fox News, lawyers, law schools, uh, government, uh, Holocaust Nazi hunters in the U.S. government. Does it ever stop? No. Yeah, but well, man's back, uh, again, I know we shouldn't really read too much from essays, but uh, his essay is titled, uh, The Case for White History Month by Adam Monsbach. Uh, do Jews ever exceed themselves? I guess not, because uh, one insult just seems to uh, trump the next. Yeah, this is really over the top. In fact, he has a, I'm looking here, a novel, which is titled Angry Black White Boy. Mm -hmm. So, is he white? Is he Jew? Uh, is he black? Is he... He's all of these things. It's whatever yeah, he's selling at right. the moment. <laughs> yeah. Buy Mary, Barry Manilow's Christmas album, too. That's about how much fucking sense this makes. For a while, you can turn it on and off. Walk around feeling like Mr. Teach the Seminar and Rock the Boulevard. Joe College. Joe College. Super Spy. Super Spy. Making moves behind the lines. Knowing thy enemy. Until the day you catch yourself thinking in postmodern jargon and... Shitting on the tradition of mentorship With frantic, sycophantic antics Sweating some pedantic, highly influential Half-assed public intellectual He's in the hopes that he'll support your work Hook you with a book blurb when the time comes You too can get paid to discuss what people like the one you used to be are thinking So, <laughs> all you stupid whites out there that eat this stuff up Fly on shit, you better wake up because these, these kikes are propagandizing you every time you turn around. You can't even get away from it in your dreams. And it's not a dream, it's the American nightmare. Anyway, you can look it up. This, this thread is titled Kike Adam Mansbach, M-A-N-S-B-A-C-H, masquerades as a white man. Getting back to the cultural degradation of our time, we have a new movie out uh, subtitled White Bad Black Good by uh, C-Stuff on the forum. To Catch a Fire. 
uh, is the title of this film, and it's all about how the whites oppress the noble communist black agitators in uh, South Africa. 25 million blacks, 3 million white people, we the ones under attack. I am talking to you! Release my wife! His family, his work, that's Patrick's life. I, I've seen the trailer a couple of times uh, in the theater and actually at this local uh, theater here in Salt Lake City. They, they, they run this uh, thing. It's, you know, before the, yeah, the trailers start, they run this, um, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, behind the scenes of this movie and you know, they interview you know, the stars and the director and everything and all about this uh, man who had the courage to stand up for what he believes in and, and all, this, uh, all this other horse shit. But, you know, it's just another, it's just another piece of agitprop and, you know, how bad uh, uh, white South Africa was or white-run South Africa. I noticed, uh, you know, I, I remember when apartheid was uh, officially uh, discarded back in 1994, all of a sudden you didn't hear about South Africa in the news anymore. I remember, you know, prior to that, back during the 80s, South Africa used to be on the news just about every night, just, you know, how evil and bad they were and, you know, the poor blacks. And, and I noticed, you know, that they're not making any movies about contemporary South Africa and how wonderful it is. This movie was written by Sean Slovo, S-L-O-V-O, who is the daughter of Joe Slovo. And he was a South African Communist politician and longtime leader of the South African Communist Party. And he was also a Jew. He was born in Obeliai, Lithuania, to a Jewish family. And his full name, his real name, was Josel Marshall Slovo. So these were the Jew commies that, that, that ran out the... Uh, uh, the the uh, white South African boers and caused them to be raped and murdered at the uh, horrendous rate that they are being nowadays. And uh, they triumphed with the aid of, of multicultural leftists in the United States in the 1980s. And just as they have one cultural pogrom against, uh, after another against whites, uh, they constantly ratchet this stuff up. But anyway, this is kind of like the Mississippi burning uh, uh, retrospect uh, for, right. for uh South Africa for people who don't get it. In other words, just another uh, nigger is good, white man is bad movie written by Jew communists. And by the way, it's also produced by Sidney Pollack, who's a Jew actor. And if you ever saw the movie Eyes Wide Shut, Sidney Pollack played uh, the Jew Victor Ziegler. And when Tom Cruise arrives at the huge gothic or uh, frightening looking uh, Greco-Gothic mansion, and uh, all the beautiful billionaires and the multi-millionaires are having sex with each other as they stand around naked in Halloween masks. And by the way, there were two versions of that movie. One that showed all the fucking and all its uh, exactitude made by Jew Stanley Kubrick. And one which was more uh, muted, slightly more muted. But again, Sidney Pollack, uh, Pollack, who produced this To Catch a Fire movie, uh, is the producer. In other words, he put up the money and he's the kike who played Victor Ziegler in Eyes Wide Shut. It really well, is surreal is... watching uh, these these productions, these these blatant falsifications of history, and uh, I would also say anti-white pragmatic films uh, applied to to American audiences. So you have the you know black hero uh, looked up to as the next Denzel Washington by 
you know, these white girls who are watching, you know, Heidi Klum, Madonna, and Joel Lee. It's just a, it's just a, a complete mind wash from the Dream Factory. And they're addressed to very young people. That's the crucial part, Aegis. They're addressed to young people whose minds have not formed. They're, they're, they're being formulated. And so the, it's, a, it's a cultural propagandization on a massive, huge level. It far exceeds anything the Nazis ever did. Far exceeds it. Yeah, it's global. It's, it's a juggernaut. It's nonstop. Uh, it'll reach you right to your dreams, your nightmares. Well, it's fascinating in conjunction with this, the uh, Jewish uh, child psychologists and the theorists that have written all these books about how to raise children uh, always tell the parents not to uh, give the child any direction, to not tell the child what to do, to not uh, try to plan his life or, or plan a plan his uh, uh, entrance into college and possibly into a, a good career with a college degree. Parents are supposed to stay out of the child's life and the planning process uh, of the child's uh, career aspirations. In addition, the uh, parents are told not to discipline their children. They're told not to tell the children what to do. Now, the net result of this is Instead of the parents raising the children, telling the children what to do, the media, the uh, movies, television, radio, and peer pressure at school fills that void, and the peer pressure is telling the children what to do. Movies, television, radio are telling the children what to do. So the point is, if you don't take control of your children's lives, because they're just too damn young to figure out anything. If you don't lay the groundwork for them and teach them about morality, about uh, right from wrong, whatever your religious convictions are, so on and so forth, if you don't do that and step up to the plate, the Jewish cultural machine will take that position and fill that void. Because if you don't tell your children what to do, this Jewish cultural machine will tell your children what to do and raise your children for you. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. Yeah, well, I think one of the most important lessons they should learn is to look at things sideways, which means look at society and its mores today as more or less just a big scam and that the, the scamsters are in, in charge and uh, just take nothing at face value. In fact, it was funny, I was reading an article about Guantanamo and uh, there, you know, they have their different, you know, torture facilities. And uh, one of their uh, torture facilities they call the India Hut. And that is the hut where they have uh, freezing temperatures that they subject the prisoners to. So they always take the opposite uh, of the meaning. It's almost 180 degrees. So if they're saying, you know, this is good, in other it's bad. Yeah, if it's bad, it's good. If it's a terrorist, it's a, a freedom fighter. Just that's the way kids need to look at things these days. We're through the topics. Uh, well, thank you very much. We, I appreciate the opportunity, and, uh, and I'd love to come back on uh, at, a, at a later date. Okay, great. Chain, uh, any closing statements? Yeah, uh, go to Google and search one-third of the Holocaust and watch the four-hour movie. That's it. Okay, great. Check out 
govnn.com, uh, shankradio.com, uh, vnnforum.com, and octobersunfilms.com. We are the good guys. Don't forget it. And until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of goodbyes.